This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. Today, I have two friends of mine that I've known for a few years. We have tons of mutual friends. We hang out in the neighborhood of Koreatown <laughs> a lot, and uh, it might be unexpected, but we have Zelda Williams and Liza Sobrano here. And if you guys don't know, I probably should do a proper intro. Sorry. I was just like, <laughs> these are two people. Um, yeah. But uh, Zelda here is a director, actress, producer, and Liza here is a musician and actress herself, um, done a lot of stuff in the Philippines, and uh, Zelda here has directed her first ever feature coming out uh, in a month, I think, right? Yeah, February 9th. February 9th. It's called Lisa Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. It's uh, starring Liza Soberano. It's starring uh, Cole Sprouse. Uh, You want to name? Catherine Newton, Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino, yes. Joe Crest, Henry Eikenberry. I I have had a huge crush on Carla Gugino since I was like a child. You know what I mean? Wait, can I just say something? It's Carla Gugino. Yeah, Not Carlo Gugino. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time I've been calling her Carla Gugino. That's funny. I wouldn't even have thought to make pronounce the, that second G like that. That's you know? how Honestly. all Filipinos pronounce her last name. Okay, oh. you get an excuse. So people then. probably sense. have been thinking I'm stupid this whole day. I doubt it. <laughs> no, 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 no one's. No, yeah. <laughs> also, like most of the time, this is something that even happens. Like with yours, mm-hmm. I the way that oh, I keep bumping this mic, mm-hmm. the way that I would have pronounced your name here and going in San Francisco. No, it would be Liza Sobrano. Oh. Oh, Sobrano. Yeah. And then yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, Sobrano. Also, yeah, Filipinos yeah. are allowed to pronounce anything any way they anyway. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one is correcting any Filipino with any pronunciation. You're yeah, allowed that's so to, true. You're allowed to do that. Um, well, thank you guys for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Um, the first reaction, they were like, oh, you live here, too. It's mm-hmm. always kind of like a strange reaction. But um, thank you guys for... Coming. Hopefully not in like in this room in this lighting. <laughs> I, be pretty heavy. Dude. Yeah, yeah, not straight up. Um, we've hung out before yes. several times. Um, I, we've hung out in the Philippines too. I think in the Philippines too, and in Korea actually, and in Korea. Yeah, that's crazy. And with Zelda, we've hung out here in <laughs> Koreatown, Los Angeles. Yeah. You are no stranger to Koreatown. No, and I have a lot of friends, especially now. Um, my buddy Charles is who kind of introduced yep. me to everybody, and it's how I met her, so I'm really grateful for it. Cause... That's how I met you. Yeah. Charles, our mutual Korean friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is the uh, the bridge between uh, Hollywood <laughs> and uh, Koreatown. Mm-hmm. I still laugh because, and this is, I mean, indicative of also L.A. and the way that people distinguish themselves, and I refuse to change it, or I did for a long time. I think it's finally different now. But he put himself in my phone when I met him. I was 17 or so. He put himself in my phone as Charles Tall Asian. 
and then <laughs> completely forgot that. And 10 years later, looked at my phone, was like, why am I in here is this? And I went, bro, yeah. <laughs> you did that. You named yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You yeah. put your name in my phone as that. I've done that at a club. I'll put like Jennifer OC crop top, you know, <laughs> and um, I know that sounds like some fuckboy shit, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even do it. So I was like, I can't take credit. This was your distinction of self. That He introduced me to all of you guys and it's how I met Liza. And so it's really lovely to have a full circle moment of that yeah um without him and that friendship and i i wouldn't have found her and got to do this movie with her so i'm that, very grateful this episode is brought to you by zoom if you live in la or anywhere that has hard water you've probably heard about the potentially harmful effects on your hair nails and general health hard water contains high levels of minerals primarily calcium and magnesium these minerals can leave a residue on skin and hair leading to dryness irritation and dullness recently i got the zoom shower head and it's literally transformed my daily shower routine not only does it remove chlorine and harsh chemicals and rust from your shower Shower water. Zoom's filtered showerhead purifies your water from contaminants that's cause hair loss, dry skin, brittle hair, and acne, and we don't want that. That's not even the best part. I got the Zoom shower starter kit, and it comes with two of their vitamin essence pods, which uses different aromatherapy scents to infuse vitamin C and collagen directly into your water. So every time I shower, it feels like I'm at a Korean spa. After the first week of using it, my hair is a lot softer and my skin just glows. Zoom was started by two Korean Americans here in LA, and you know I love to support my Asian small businesses. So get your own Zoom Shower Starter Kit by heading to their site at ZoomShower.com. That's ZoomShower.com. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at ZoomShower. And now back to your regular scheduled programming. The, the movie Lisa Frankenstein is about... Um, Frankensteining like a boyfriend and a partner, right? I'm sorry. I received the screener and I couldn't figure it out. Y'all messed up. Y'all made three confirmations, two factor authorizations. It was really tough. So I apologize, but let's talk a little bit about the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, and I will say the thing that as much as I love Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, mm -hmm. the actual original story, Same. this is much more magic than it is like the perils of science, mm -hmm. like the kind of man going too far with science because mm -hmm. genuinely she makes a wish at the gravestone and then it gets struck by lightning. Mm -hmm. It's much more magical thinking than it is that. However, they do put him back. Oh, I keep hitting your mic. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, they keep putting it back. Keep putting him back together again. Um, and in that process, she finds herself and he becomes more human. So there's this kind of wonderful divergent thing that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and through that whole process too, Taffy is this incredible steadying force of just kind of love and positivity. And mm -hmm. I that was really important to me. Yeah. Because I think a lot of women, especially with movies that they said were made for us, mm -hmm. a lot of like the most popular girl in school, the most beautiful girl in school, was oftentimes one of the villains of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I think young women were fed that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and fair enough, there were bullies as well. But like to pit women against each other was something I didn't really want to do, especially with the two sisters. So mm -hmm. yeah. it was so important to me that we made Taffy like this, the most likable girl you've ever met. And mm -hmm. she did an amazing job at that. That's, That's a hard gig. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. hot girl in high school is never liked in yeah. the films. There's a Frankenstein character played by Cole Sprouse. Mm -hmm. And was there like a kind of a zombie-ish process of like seeing how he's gonna play that role? Cause you kind of, you know, as, as playing the Frankenstein role, you're like dragging your feet a little mm -hmm. bit. You're kind of, you know, um, uh, just talking nonsense mm -hmm. as you speak. Mm -hmm. Well, Cole, uh, Cole's always wanted to be a monster. We've been friends for a long time. So was that- I love that. Cole's genuinely. always wanted to be a monster. He's always wanted to play a monster. This is not a secret. <laughs> He's been open about this. I'm not outing him in any way. Mm -hmm. um, 
And we both love prosthetic makeup, so I knew he was going to have that transformation anyhow. But the physicality of a non-speaking role was something that I think was really interesting for us to explore. So I had him actually go to mime school uh, for a while before we started filming. That was kind of the only thing we could do while it was still in that pandemic time of no one could really be around each other. Mm -hmm. Even with like everyone that got cast, they didn't have a proper chemistry read the way that we're used to or Mm -hmm. like a cast reading. Because you had to be safe. So um, he did, he embarked on his mime journey alone. But it really did. It was really fun that, to see that, him worked out. That's difficult, mime school. Because uh, my homie went to clown school. Yeah. Oh, wow. Clown I sc- didn't know that there was actually. Oh. There's a really famous one in France my dad was Cl- obsessed with. Clown okay. school is really difficult. You're, mm-hmm. you're breaking down all parts of yourself. And mm-hmm. it, you got to be expressive in all types of ways. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. Because I haven't cried in a really long time, you know, <laughs> and I've been trying to break through that for, you know, a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm not laughing at the not crying thing. <laughs> no, I'm just, okay. It's more so the concept of a man being like, I haven't been a clown in a really yeah, long time. Yeah, I mean, the sad clown, you know, that's the whole sad clown thing, right? Yeah. I, yeah. There's a joke. I don't know if you know this one. It is a famous clown joke, but mm-hmm. it was one of dad's favorites. And it's a guy goes to a therapist and sits down. He goes uh, to, to the doctor. Or therapist goes, uh, you know, I've been really sad recently. I've been having a lot of difficulty with severe depression she goes oh well there's a clown coming through town they say can make anyone laugh i think you should go see him his name is poliachi he goes doctor i'm poliachi (laughs) um very very comedian centric joke but uh very true the clowning is incredibly hard and very physical too Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize what they're putting their bodies through no Mm -hmm. it's it's weird like the last time I cried was just a strange place. Like I'm on a plane and I watched a movie. Um, what was the movie? A, it was a it was a Korean film. It wasn't oh. even a popular Korean film. It wasn't like a parasite or something. It mm-hmm. was like a super low budget joint or something. Mm-hmm. But it was about three grandmas who's been working their whole lives mm-hmm. and they've never gone on vacation. Mm-hmm. So they decide to rob a bank for the exact amount of an airfare the amount the exact mm-hmm. amount of the airfare to go mm-hmm. to like an island for a vacation mm-hmm. and soon as they like they almost get away with it and soon as they're like handing in their ticket to board the plane they get cuffed oh, and i don't hit some kind of nerve you know uh-huh. i was like mom or something i yeah. don't know it just and i started bawling out on the plane and mm-hmm. some like korean lady next to me was like are you okay in korean mm-hmm. yeah it was really sad cute. <laughs> that was about seven years ago and i don't remember the last time i wow. cried mm-hmm. yeah well, you're tearing up now. I can see. Oh, no. Am I? <laughs> Is it bringing back memories? Oh no, no. When's the last time you guys cried? I mean, I cry all the time, but how often? I'm pretty. I'm an open book. Um, two days ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you I do healthy. cry all the time, and it's healthy. Yeah. You know, I, and you don't also. There's ways that you're not crying in sadness. Like I cry uh, sometimes. My friends make me laugh so hard that you then just have that release of like crying while laughing. I don't think that they're necessarily different functions they're yeah. all a release mm-hmm. yeah like i you know i've had like a partner that you know when we we're dating and she was crying and i i'm always want to be like are you okay or take care of them or in any way to make them feel better and she's gone through therapy mm-hmm. and she's done more work and i haven't you know so <laughs> she was just like it's okay to cry. It's yeah. okay, like allow me to do that. And I was like, I didn't know you could get in trouble for trying to stop somebody mm-hmm. or like you're trying to make somebody okay for crying, yeah. you know? Well, because sometimes people feel it as like it's to make you like 
not to make you feel better, but to make you feel functional mm -hmm. in fixing something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some people don't need it to be fixed. They just need to feel it in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, one of the coping things I learned in navigating as much as I have, and I, to be fair, I've been single for a long time, so let's not pretend this is some amazing relationship advice <laughs> in that sense, but with family and friends even, yeah. I like to ask them what they need in a moment. Mm -hmm. As opposed to be like, how can I make you feel better? Because that's me assuming that's what they want. Yeah. I like to go, what do you need in this moment? Mm -hmm. If it's space or if it's whatever, they'll tell you. Or at mm -hmm. least you hope they will. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. With no. me, I like, I hate it when people tell me to stop crying. Only because it makes me want to cry more. Mm -hmm. Like uh, yeah. when someone like tries to console you and then they're just rubbing your back and be like, don't cry. It's okay. Yeah. Don't it, touch me if I'm ever crying. I am one of those people who's like, ha ah. ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might hate it. Vomit. <laughs> yeah, not... Maybe I just got to turn into one of those like, let it out people, yeah. you know, Sure. let it all mm. out. Um. But it's never a bad thing to ask people what they need at any moment because, mm -hmm. and especially, you know, these days, I don't think people get asked that enough. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. True. You get asked how you're doing. A lot, but that's not the same thing as what do you need. Yeah. Because what you need, what you need might not be the other person, and that should be completely okay. Mm. Um, but they don't get to, they don't verbalize that a lot because most of the time people are just trying to placate. Yeah. Mm. Um, and ironically, even with this movie, one of the things that I talk about a lot with it is that one of the central themes of it is the way you go through grief and pain. Mm -hmm especially if you're really honest with yourself, isn't necessarily going to be uh, what other people can handle. Yeah. Um, what even public consumption is for. And I am not condoning murder as a way to go through grief. But in this universe <laughs> where death is not permanent, where zombies come back to life kind of a thing, mm -hmm. she's genuinely just navigating a form of grief as a woman where she starts to become more and more what other people might see as unhinged. But for her, makes her happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only thing that's that matters to her is this one guy, <laughs> this one zombie boy, mm -hmm. loves her regardless. You can be completely unwell and unhinged. It doesn't mean you're not deserving of love, whether that's self-love or uh, a very sweet Victorian dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think with both of you guys, you know, Eliza, you've been in a lot of films about love in, yeah. in the Philippines, mm -hmm. a lot of rom-coms, you yeah. know. How do you feel like when you go to a theater and you see the the reaction in in real time of whether it's you know laughter, yeah. crying, mm -hmm. um, any kind of emotion, just because it's like so interesting to mm -hmm. me too as a musician too, right? Writing a song and mm -hmm. seeing reactions and people like tattooing lyrics and stuff. Mm -hmm. where I'd never advise anyone to do. I'm like chill, dude. <laughs> That's od. <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah, how how do, how do you? feel when you see those reactions well it depends like if it's mm -hmm. at a premiere night and i'm like around everybody and they know that i'm watching with them i hate it because like everybody will turn around to like check my reaction and it's just like i don't want to react to my own film in front of you guys oh, but yeah. um when i do go to the theater sometime um i used to do this a lot i would go to the theaters and kind of just observe everyone but i'd be in kind of like a disguise that's when like i truly like see the real reactions of people because like at premiere nights obviously everybody's there to celebrate yeah. you mm -hmm. and everything so i i when i see genuine reactions about the film I, I i honestly get like really excited i feel very touched and just proud of myself mm. more than anything but of course i'm i'm too shy to show that yeah. that pride is, is it easy to watch yourself on screen? It's not. I hate it. I get so annoyed with my voice. We were talking about this just now because I was talking about the premiere that's coming up 
And I went, just forewarning, Cole and I are both probably going to go somewhere else while the movie's playing. And she's like, you don't have to watch it. I was like, no. I've seen this film now 400 times. At a certain point, you almost don't have clarity to watch it anymore. Yeah. It has lost. It's like when you say a word too often. I'm like, I can't see this movie at all anymore for a minute. I'm going to need some space. Yeah. So we might all just like tiptoe away. It's still hard for me too. I can't watch myself in yeah. films and stuff. Like I, I, I think the last thing that I did... I, I haven't watched a movie all the way through. Mm. Yeah. Um, we both did. <laughs> yeah, we reacted the same way. Um. It, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it was it, when I first started rapping, too, that was like a problem for me, too. It was hard for me mm. to listen to something. Or if I go to like a restaurant or something, if they recognize me and they put my song on, it's like the worst experience. It is. It I'm is. like, do I want to like eat my broth to, to my joints right now? Mm -hmm. You know? And then you yeah, get, that's a lot. And you get kind of like criticized if you're really jamming to your own shit. Like, you yeah. ever watch, your, watch you kill a scene and you're like, kind of like yeah. miming the words i think they're both valid i but... actually do that a lot and i even do that to like other people's movies i'll be watching a movie and then i'll like do my own take on it mm -hmm. almost it's kind of annoying and then <laughs> sometimes like if i'm watching with a friend they'll be like what are you doing and i'm just like nothing i'm just practicing i guess <laughs> i have a bad habit of doing that and when i see myself cry I cry too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's You're that's having almost like a Pavlovian response to it. <laughs> it is so weird. That's amazing. <laughs> I've had moments like that where I go to an audition and like I'll come out of the audition room and I'll go into my car and I'm driving back home and I'm doing the lines over and Still? over again because I'm like, damn, this is how I should have done it. I do that a lot <laughs> too. Lot. Have you done that? Yeah. 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 It's embarrassing. I do it in real time too while I'm watching myself. I'm like, damn, wrong choice. <laughs> that's so interesting yeah, yeah do you guys have i mean i we've talked about this before but do you guys have like an inner monologue and things like that where you can hear your voice in your head do you ever do that for yourself too because that's something i can't do so mm. i'm always curious about this while acting or while watching just in general yeah fascinating <laughs> I, I i hate that i think in bits now you know do you? i do it's always just like comedy with me it's always like damn that, that i wish i said that in this clip like mm -hmm. it would have been a good bit if mm -hmm. i just like put that little punch to it you know what i mean uh it's because of social media probably <laughs> oh <laughs> like that's... all the sound bites we see all the time it's like everything needs like mm. a punchline yeah to me. you know what i mean i think that's also the inner like battle rapper and rapper in me like yeah. i gotta put that You're punch like, i gotta line. have a comeback yeah. yeah 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 going back to the lisa frankenstein situation <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't i'm trying to keep going back to it but i'm trying to relate to the whole thing here mm. um if you can frankenstein the perfect partner for yourselves <laughs> what would that look like <laughs> Oh. Um, I mean, the implication being that it has to be someone who's already dead then. <laughs> no, no, they don't have to be dead. You just somehow... Uh, also reminds me of kind of like... Do you remember the movie Weird Science? Yeah, yeah. This is that uh, Diablo... Diablo a lot Cody. of this movie oh, it was, was written because of Weird Science. Oh, sick. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. wanted to make like a female almost like wine pairing to Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes science. sense. By the way, for, for those who aren't familiar, Diablo Cody wrote this film and she's like a legend. She's Academy Award winning for Juno, Jennifer's Body, um, and directed and by Zelda. It's yeah. amazing. Um, but Weird Science was definitely in her mind with the writing it. And then for me, a lot of where my tone love came from for this was Death Becomes Her, which mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm still on the Frankenstein question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, no, no, think about I'm it. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. like James Dean's body, but yeah. 
I like well, how also the, his brain. He was a lovely, intelligent man. I like um, how the guy version of like this, this this film was just like oh, two horny teens just creating it. Just to, well, arguably the funny thing is it was also about a horny teenage girl. In this case, we yeah. just ended up toning it down a bit because a it's not actually the '80s where they had different ratings, right? But right, right. B they wanted it to be able to be shown to younger people, so we did tone some of the, oh, <laughs> the horny sure. out of it a little bit. Yeah, um, you will see when you see it, but <laughs> it's not quite as horny as we're yeah. Science. Uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts, Liza, on your uh, Frankensteining a perfect partner? I was actually wondering if I could skip that question. <laughs> you want to skip it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in general, just don't talk about boys and oh, relationships. That is fair. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I don't either. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. That's the problem. It's okay. I talk about boys and girls. Yeah. So you can ask me. That's and a then lot. We'll... That, that is, that's like double the psyche of mm -hmm. getting into you know multiple brains and you know mm -hmm. well it's funny too because recently especially with this movie they ask you a lot about you know i mean not really sexuality what a weird question to mm -hmm. ask a director but it has come up funny enough they uh, asked you in an well, i did interview? an interview for a queer magazine that's oh okay okay um <laughs> not just in general <laughs> i was like they're just like so what's your sexuality i mean these days not that shocking um I am openly bi, but what was really funny was to actually talk about the fact that I'm demisexual, which is interesting for people that don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. It's I really only am attracted to people I'm emotionally already invested in. Mm -hmm. right. So like strangers mean nothing. But you can be the hottest stranger in the world and I'll be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. and just not have any connection. Yeah. So funny enough, in making a movie that's about romance, I think that was a really interesting aspect of Lisa as well is like, she genuinely doesn't even register him as like a romantic option for quite a while because yeah. yeah. she gets to know him and love him. And then she's like, oh, you love me. We should hook up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the idea of demisexual. I've heard that before. Yeah. And um, I have. And when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, that's like what I want to get to, you know, ultimately. Yeah. It's just like that emotional connection to get to the sexual part of things. Well, and it's funny in my case because I've genuinely, I have plenty of friends that, I mean, whether they would self-refer to, some of my friends do call themselves a whore, <laughs> love them for it. I never had the part of my brain that even was able to approach the idea of like a one-night stand. It just couldn't register for me. It was always people that I either became friends with or people I got to know. And so now as I've gotten older and spent a bunch of time single, but also unpacking things like sweet romance in this kind of a movie, mm -hmm. it was really interesting to self journey into like, oh, so what am I attracted to? What draws me to other people? What's mm. important in this film? And without it being really a spoiler, and we talked, I think we talked about this, but something that's really important in the movie is there's a big moment where Lisa says, I love you, mm -hmm. but it's not to who you expect. Mm. It was important to me that she mm -hmm. says it to Taffy mm -hmm. because I think chosen family and especially that being her stepsister, but who mm -hmm. she was kind of counting out for so long, mm -hmm. her saying that to her was so important to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. You did tell me it was important, but yeah. I didn't hear the meaning behind it. Well, cause then the next scene, mm -hmm. everyone's like, well, she says it to creature. She doesn't, she says, you love me. Mm -hmm. So it was a difference of the acknowledgement of accepting love, but also giving love to mm -hmm. the women that were the only person who was really loving her yeah. mm -hmm. throughout the whole movie and always had her back. Like I don't know why I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a really important distinction for me as both like a woman who has close friendships, mm -hmm. but also like was unpacking what love means to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that scene meant the world to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Liza, this is your first American 
yeah. film mm-hmm. uh, debut. Mm-hmm. So it's a debut for both of y'all, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which is cool. How was that experience and what's different between the Philippines, uh, you know, productions and mm-hmm. the American productions? Well, it was really nerve wracking because I'm coming from like a 12 year long career in the Philippines where I'm like pretty, I, I, not to toot my own horn, but like I'm pretty established already in yeah. Manila. And so um, there is this certain privilege that I have and and comfort that I have back home. But I decided to kind of just leave all that in seek of, in search of personal growth and um, professional growth. And when I came out here, um, I started making all these like big moves, meeting really amazing people like Zelda. Mm-hmm. And then I came out with this movie. And there was a lot of like backlash that I received from people back home in the Philippines. And it kind of stemmed from me just talking more and more about my experiences in the industry in the Philippines and kind of comparing mm. America to the Philippines. I mean, Hollywood to Filipino yeah, yeah. Um, entertainment and everything. And um, for me, like at first I was explaining to them, like, I, I can't really compare it because they're so different but so the same at the same time and it's like if i take like all these small details and like explain them to people nobody's really going to understand they're just going to think that oh i'm saying hollywood is better or whatever but it's really not that it's just i'm stating facts it's different um and so i was it was it was hard it was definitely difficult it was a huge transition for me also like culturally like even though I am American and I grew up in America, I've spent more time in the Philippines. So coming here, it was like, honestly, sometimes when you and um, Cole speak, I don't understand you guys, even though you guys are speaking in English. It's just like... (laughs) To be fair, Cole and I are also just gremlins and talk way too fast. No, it's not even like the English words. It's like, I don't get the context behind what you guys are saying. No, that's what I mean. Like we, We also... We have no context. Cole and I are not. Uh, we're unhinged when we're around each yeah. other, so it's fine. And but it, that's it. Makes sense. Yeah, and like American humor and everything. Yeah. Um, so I had I had like a hard time navigating that. I thought initially maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I don't fit in. Yeah. Just because I felt like I was always awkward amongst people, but then I realized like I felt like that in the Philippines too. And I think it's mm. just this weird thing of being like a halfy where you just truly don't feel like you belong anywhere. I feel like I belong amongst other halfies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The hoppas, mm-hmm. if you will. The hoppas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the Philippines, we say halfies, so here. Halfie? Halfie. Oh, like okay. a We're the halfies. <laughs> halfies. Halfie. I was like, did I offend you with that? That's no, 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 no. I like happy. the idea of being called the halfies, though. That's the awesome. Happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it, is it pronounced happy? When no, the... half. No. Okay. Like, yeah, I, was like, I thought you were making I'm a Filipino like, production no. joke. No. Okay, we're happies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I've spent some time in the Philippines mm-hmm. and... People are always cracking jokes over there. It's mm-hmm. like this is like yeah. a funny like dad joke kind of vibe out there. Like yes. everyone's cracking. People love dad jokes there. Oh my god. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> crazy. I remember when I was out there too, you were like, it was crazy to see all these young kids like mobbing you. It was yeah. insane. Like yeah. there was like 25 kids like on this island that was like just chasing after her it was crazy and as she was like sailing away on a boat it was was actually such a beautiful moment i was honestly very drunk 
<laughs> I was very drunk and like <laughs> you're like put yourself together Liza there are kids looking at you right now I literally said that I was like put yourself together you're supposed to be a role model so I was like stumbling but being like hi I'm definitely not drunk right now yeah for context oh, that's so funny it was crazy for context like I've never seen you drunk oh my god that's amazing <laughs> it, we, were, we were all like celebrating from like an Wavy amazing baby. music festival that oh, we had oh I was had. nearly supposed to go oh, with really? that, and yeah. then I ended up being too busy yeah. with the movie. Oh, so we performed no, at this music festival and then they brought all the acts to like an island to have like a mm. final you know rap rap party or whatever mm -hmm. so we're on this island and there's local locals there mm -hmm. and we're eating we're drinking having a good time and at the end of the day we hop on back uh, to the boat and mm -hmm. going back to the main island and it must have been like 50 kids it was not like 25 it yeah. was 50 kids just, yeah, there was just a lot. mobbing her waving. it was so cute too mm -hmm. they were so cute it was I insane it was it was really cool yeah like i was a, really nervous i was like oh my god if they get a video of me drunk my career is over yeah i was like <laughs> not here for what is worth <laughs> yeah it felt like like a drunk mother Teresa because they were mobbing <laughs> i feel bad now no no it was fun. cool you're allowed just, to you're also you're, a human being yeah. yeah i keep stressing this because because I grew up around it, but I, I wish I could shake a lot of what people expect of mm -hmm. everyone, including themselves, but also especially actors, because I'm like, there's there is quite literally no perfect person. The mm -hmm. sooner everyone accepts that and stops pedestaling people, mm -hmm. the happier and healthier everyone will be. No, because yeah, when you have true. unrealistic expectations of anyone, not only is that very strange because you don't know these people, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also I'm like, they're human. Allow them to exist. If they're not hurting other people yeah if they are just a, an adult living their life and even a child living their life but there's also like people should be protecting children but like if they're an adult living their life that's fine yeah mm -hmm. it's true i mean the, the people who are close to perfect i can't trust you know there's something yeah. there's that some sounds like a you thing <laughs> there's something <laughs> there this, why uh, you know it's like what i hate is like when i'll see a mega superstar uh. make like a documentary right about themselves and there's nothing new you learn about the documentary mm -hmm. about that person. Mm -hmm. There's many layers to why that is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's, well, yeah, there, yeah, it's difficult, but like, that's what you want to see out of a documentary, right? Mm -hmm. Like, see multiple But that's faceted. why they can never really make it about themselves. It's mm -hmm. usually always has to be after someone's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Because if any anyone making something about themselves, it's never going to be. They're always going to try yeah. to put their best foot forward. Or the perception of themselves that they have, which mm -hmm. could That's be what's important to them and their sanity, but might mm -hmm. be very distant from what everyone else needs to see. It's I, like I Taylor know. Swift, doc, executive produced by Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, no one's going to edit you mm -hmm. in any way that you can't uh, pull back. So mm -hmm. I get why that doesn't really, for me, doesn't really work most of the time. It was a beautiful doc where people yeah. that passed already. Yeah. Or people who other people are wanting to show you, remind you of who they were. Mm -hmm. Like Christopher Reeve, who I grew up with, who's mm -hmm. one of dad's best friends. Um, his children just released a documentary at Sundance. Um, and it's, I haven't gotten to see it yet. I'm very excited because I miss Chris a lot. Yeah. So something like that, I think is beautiful. Um, but I imagine if he was such a lovely, humble guy too, if they were trying to do that while he was still alive, I think he'd be like, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I wrote an essay about Christopher Reeves when I was in fourth grade. Yeah, yeah. he's a wonderful man. It's, it's so random that that was the person that I wrote. Fourth grade is so random. I mean, he was Superman. That makes he was sense Superman. To me. Yeah. I think that's probably what it was. If anything, yeah. that relates to kids. He did so many other amazing roles too, right. but obviously even the poster for this movie yeah. is him as Superman. Yeah. With this film, you know, when you're exploring, when you were talking early about like grief and 
uh, sexuality and things like that that are exploring. Are those kind of like a lot of themes of projects you are drawn to a lot? Because I know before this, you did a short film called Shrimp. <laughs> yeah, and and it had it had to do with like dominatrix. I have not seen. Okay. Wait, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so curious. Don't watch it. <laughs> I'll explain it to you, and then you can choose because you might have to see me in a different light. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I have a lot of friends who are, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I do have friends who are dominatrixes, I have friends who are in sex work, and mm -hmm. I really wanted to make something that wasn't actually about the titillation of uh, the sex work itself, it was about their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. So that was what was important in that thing, but I think for me, every project is different, and I'm yeah. usually drawn to it for very different reasons. Yeah. Um, this one, it reminded me of these movies I genuinely loved, and one of the things I had started to grow tired of just as a viewer was the fact that comedies especially, and I'm sure you navigate this being in them, started to have to nod to everything mm -hmm. and wink at everything and acknowledge the jokes that had come before it. And the thing about this script that I was so immediately charmed by is the fact it's really earnest. It's not being meta. It's not nodding to a bunch of stuff. There's a love letter to these movies that came before it, mm -hmm. but it's not sitting there being like, you know, like like the the moment and Edwards. It's mm -hmm. not doing that. It's just existing. Yeah. And I really wanted. I was excited at the prospect of trying to do that and mm -hmm. to pull off earnestness. Yeah. When I was doing research, that's when I found out about the film and mm. how you've kind of tagged along with a friend and seeing that industry. I have a homegirl who uh, does dominatrix work, mm -hmm. and we were just eating one day, and she just stood up and was like, I got to go. I got to kick some dude in the nuts for like 400 bucks. And I was like, oh, that's tight. <laughs> yeah, Can I but, be honest? Like, I'm so culturally shocked by everything oh, you got. Oh, no, no, no. Which is great. I, I love seeing the culturally shocked. This is why I was shocked. like, I will walk you through this, and you can decide whether or not you want to like, see it. I would have honestly cracked when you said i have a bunch of friends that are dominatrix like people in the philippines just don't talk like that mm. and then so like i have to hold back on the inside and be like this is a normal thing people do this <laughs> well it always shocks people like my favorite bar in la is technically a strip club although i wouldn't really call it one because it's yeah i want to go to that it's a wonderful bar and the funny thing about it too is it's not like a naked strip club because you can't serve liquor in california and be have naked. nudity so it's much more of a burlesque bar and i love burlesque I think it's one of my favorite art, like mm -hmm. genuinely the female form. A lot of the paintings in my house are women. I do also like love women. So this bar, there's no windows. Mm -hmm. No one can take out their cell phones and take pictures. Mm -hmm. So whenever I had friends in town or like even Cole, mm -hmm. people will leave you alone. And I'm like, mm -hmm. perfect. That's exactly what I want in a bar. Yeah. There's great entertainment. No one's taking photos of anybody or bugging anyone. Yeah. And you can feel like for a brief moment, we're not in a world entirely where everyone's just staring at their phones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I say it out loud and people are like, what is Jumbo's clown room? And I'm like, it's awesome. <laughs> Don't leap to conclusions. Just go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> yeah. No, Jumbo's great. I, I love Jumbo's. I don't... I have a random Cole Sprouse story, actually. Was, was it at Jumbo's? <laughs> at Jumbo's? No, no, it wasn't at Jumbo's. It was it was in New York City, uh -huh. and I was in my I was doing a show out there. I was like in my mid twenties or something, and I think I was on Molly or something. And I was walking down the streets of of New York, and some random street photographer or, or who was. Cole or something. It's like me and Cole end up taking a photo next to each other and I'm wearing my grill. So I like kind of really? make my face like this to show my grill. It's like a ridiculous face, like <laughs> just to, so I could get my grill. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who the dude is or nothing. Cole, I don't know who that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Later, like, like a few weeks later, the photo goes up and it's like has crazy views on the photo. I'm like, mm -hmm. who the fuck is this? And I look it up. It's Cole Sprouse. And it's the worst picture of me ever. <laughs> 
and I, it's just going my viral. eyeballs are going everywhere i'm showing my lower teeth so i'm like like this posing for the photo because i'm trying it's to show my, uh, under, oh my, my bottom you teeth have this photo i couldn't find it i think like someone got it removed or something might, might have been cole he's like yo let's get this photo <laughs> way, out of here i doubt that because genuinely he has more photos that people have like stolen him of him yeah, online he and he's like count, i can't right? yeah, yeah. It, camera duels it was the worst photo so he of me. i guarantee you he didn't it get it removed but maybe they when did. this video drops like oh, no, but i hope they don't find it yeah, <laughs> insert but the photo it's bad it was so bad i don't know the photo got removed but i'm glad it did yeah i was actually looking for it before this because i was gonna show it yeah. i was like whatever you know I'll, I'll make myself look really bad for a good bit anytime <laughs> you know what i mean if it's a good yeah. bit i will go there you know it's so funny yeah 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 and you guys weren't even like walking together you just happened to we be walking separate I, in my head i was like i'm pretty sure he wanted the picture but that might not have even been the case i don't know that's like, so funny shout out i gotta find if, if anyone online finds that photo please that, send it to us i swear I to god it is it. online somewhere and it might, anything that's been online still exists. It might not have been labeled properly because maybe the photographer didn't know who either of us. I were. hope they labeled you as Cole Sprouse. <laughs> yeah, with the grill and everything. Yeah, shout out Cole. Shout out Cole. <laughs> Cole Cole's had some good uh, viral moments this past few years. You know. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> he and I talk about social media a lot because philosophically speaking, I mean, it's one of the major things our entire world is going to have to go through yeah. and navigate was both the rise and what I'm seeing as the fall mm -hmm. of it and the navigation of it and how much negativity it brings to so many lives, how much depression it's upped in so many lives. For sure. So it's, it's pretty interesting to be of an adult enough age to actually have like sit down dinner conversations about it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that's helped me for my uh, social media depression is just getting a social media manager. So I put all the depression on him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to post anything. I don't have to deal with the comments. It's just, that. thank you. That's like- You've separated completely. I've separated it. It's just really just shifting the problem over to somebody else. That's really helped me a lot. Yeah. You did the pass the lemon game. You were like, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, over I, here now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's jokes, but really just, just finding ways where- you realizing it is part of work yeah. and somehow, you know, balancing that. But work. it's also not under your control. Mm. Like, yes, aspects of it are part of all of our gig and entertainment, but not unlike an advertisement being in a magazine. That's not her choice or mine or yours. Mm. I think what you're doing, separating it, making it a business thing is the healthier way to navigate it. Mm -hmm. But it's right when she's talking about what happened with her as well and obviously she's new to my life but i get really defensive particularly of females in my life of women that i know and care for because the way they're navigated online yeah. is genuinely not okay it's not and yeah. the technology that's evolving at present and the way that people navigate the pylons with women and yes it does happen to men too cole absolutely has been through it mm -hmm. but i get very, very upset and seeing it mm -hmm. because I just wish that people took a second to be like, hey, by the way, I get that for you, this is ones and zeros. This is letters on a keyboard. That's a human being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have no ownership over them. You certainly have no basis to tell them that you hate them or want them to die. Like what on earth? When did we start I, separating? I, I, I'm with you, honestly. I, I Every one of my friends that are women in, in comedy and in podcasting, they get it like 10 times worse in the comments. Mm -hmm. And you can speak to this because this is something I've noticed just I was I grew up around comedy, right? Hecklers happen. Mm -hmm. 
But it'd be like that one drunk guy at that show or that that couple that clearly came from the slots and just wandered. It was never the whole audience or it certainly didn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. But the Internet twofold changed a way that people navigate criticism and speaking out publicly. Scientifically proven at this point, it's been around long enough for them to do these studies. Negative stimulus gets more reactions. So yep. being mean or saying something incorrect because you want to be corrected, but then that farms interaction. Yep gets more response being positive being nice people just don't you know they don't often acknowledge it or whatever because they're like oh that's nice it's a bit like when you're in an audience for a play everyone's clapping that's a that's an audience of clapping how would you acknowledge every single one yeah mm -hmm. but hecklers at a comedy show usually do get acknowledged or mm -hmm. kicked out true they get talked to they get talked at mm -hmm. yeah so that's social media just what i saw and i'm curious if this is what you're seeing too it brought that response culture of kind of being the heckler to a much wider audience that's true you know but it's just like also to a heckler or a troll or a hater like that's kind of all they have so you got to let them have that you know sometimes <laughs> well i don't know i've actually back when i was active and i'm not anymore yeah i was a person who and being someone who's like loved neurology loved psychology really would deep dive and read all these books I did talk to a couple of them like a normal human being was like, hey, man. And sometimes they're obviously a bot or a troll and they're not going to respond. But actually quite a few of them were like, I'm really sorry. I've been having a really hard time and like it pissed me off this situation. You're like, OK, that's interesting. So, you know, talk to me about that. Where is that coming from for you to angle this at me? What did I do or say? And they're like, it's not really you. Yeah. It's not all they have. Quite yeah. a few of these people, as long as they're not bots are also human beings. I just don't know where we've gotten to as a society that that's like the the way that. That's the rage against the machine when I'm like, this is not a machine. This is a human. The machine and, is the government. Rage against them all you want. And I don't think you can expect people to just ignore those comments. You know, like I, I seem like a person who's not phased by those comments, but they don't see me shadow boxing at three in the morning in the living room. You know? They hurt everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. They hurt everyone. Yeah, yeah. There's not a person I've met, even when they pretend to be like, uh, there's, there's certainly also this is a toxic masculinity culture that I've witnessed too, where they're like, nothing phases me. You just troll them back. And For I'm sure. like, fine. You're still human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it hurts you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It even hurts me seeing her get ganged up on or seeing Cole get ganged up on. Like, it hurts me. And I'm the person outside of it just going, like, leave these lovely people alone. Yeah. If you don't like it, fine. Don't. Yeah. Don't interact with it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I really commend you, Liza, because you have so many followers mm -hmm. and just and you've been in the industry for a long time. You're mm -hmm. you're somewhat of a young OG, I would say. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You. Getting into the industry really young. Like, have you found a pretty good balance with that or is that still equally a challenge every year? It's still something I'm um, I'm learning to navigate. Um I was talking about this early, earlier, actually. Um, when I was younger, I had this weird obsession with like reading hate tweets about me. And before, I really thought that that was a way for me to like take criticism and like better myself. But then because I was so young, I didn't realize that some people were just hating on me for the sake of hating on me. I thought that every hate tweet was a way for me to better myself. And mm. so I Oof. found I figured out like over time that I was slowly becoming less and less of who I was to accommodate everything else that everything that was expected of me. Um, but this past year, actually, this past year has been even harder for me. I've kind of stepped away from social media, especially Twitter. Um, but I'm still I still handle all of my accounts just because like I want to present myself as authentically as possible. Yeah. Um, but I 
even though I say that right now, like that, that's also not true because everything I post about, it's like, I have to think about it for a week before I post it. Sometimes I end up not even posting because I just get too in my head about mm. it. And I'm, I, I get so scared to like put captions or anything because I'm afraid that people are just going to rip apart everything that I say word per word and yeah. just add different meanings to it even though like I'm literally just saying what I stated nah I'd be yeah uh, it's like hashtag throwback Thursdays mm -hmm. is that offensive in any way you <laughs> yeah. know just examining in uh, yeah I feel that so like I catch myself now even in interviews whenever I say something like I have to think about it right after I just said it and be like what what can that what can be used against me and what I just said mm. almost like uh, like a police interrogation or something. <laughs> yeah. no, I feel that. I feel that. I, I looked up, I mean, uh, and this is a random segue right mm -hmm. now, but uh, we're just moving on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't have any good segue for that. Random thing I came across was like something that you were doing um, in a minute, in a minute you were answering a rapid fire questions. And it, this was like a couple years ago, three years ago. And Oh, was you this said, the Comic-Con one? Yeah. And then you said <coughs> you, at that point you had never drank coffee in your life. Oh, I life. still haven't. You've never drank coffee in your life. Nope. I have the closest I've gotten is I love uh, tiramisu, which obviously has espresso on it, mm -hmm. but I've still never had coffee. Well, what's the explanation mm -hmm. behind that? Uh, it's a threefold thing. When I was growing up, and I am still very short, but I was particularly short in grade school, and there was always that wives' tale of like yep. caffeine stunts your growth. So I was like, absolutely not. And then you get older, and I never liked bitter things. Um, mm -hmm. So when people would tell me it was bitter, I went, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> And now I'm 34 and I'm like, I'd be a little weird to start now. start now. It's not like it's even like a health thing. Like I drink Red Bull, but I'm like, I've just never had an urge. Yeah, at that, But it's like, it's so hard to avoid in a way, right? Like, Not really. Well, I've never had to avoid it. Like, it's not like I'm dodging coffee. Like. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where people always offer, like after water, it's coffee. Yeah, but every yeah. coffee you know? place also has like matcha or like, yeah. I'll drink tea. I love tea. Okay. I just never had coffee. I, I it does really shock people all the time. Like, I was shocked. Like that was the shocking the thing I found out. It's like there's all this dominatrix stuff, but like coffee part was like the most shocking to Still me. Still never had coffee. I um, respect that. I respect. Who that. knows? Maybe one day. Yeah, this... I've just never had any interest. Okay, you drink coffee, Liza. I do, but I don't like coffee that much. I ah. like the idea of drinking coffee. <laughs> it makes me feel like a professional. It ah, makes okay. me feel like an adult. I like that. But So you're cosplaying coffee drinker. Yes, okay. but I, it's really just milk with a hint of coffee. Okay. <laughs> That's how I drink my coffee. All right, all right. Join me in matcha land then. You're I love oh, matcha. Yeah. Matcha's the like, wave these days, huh? It's great. Also, you don't, like for me on set, you have to be very careful with what you put in your body yeah. because you'll crash and rise and mm -hmm. matcha is... Um, one of the ones that, especially if you have a late night, mm -hmm. I find that I don't kind of peak and then valley and I'm like yeah. useless. Mm -hmm. There's also hojicha. Yeah, hojicha. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, as the time's running out, I just want to ask a few more questions uh, real quick though. Um, so Diablo Cody wrote the movie. Mm -hmm. How was the process? Like, did you get a chance to talk to her about the film a little bit as you take on the directing role? Yeah. And what's that process been like? I mean, it was fascinating because as with everything over the past couple of years, a lot of people had to navigate a, a different way of filmmaking. I didn't get to meet her mm. until we were already in New Orleans and right. ready to go. I would talk to her on the phone. Um, but that in and of itself was a very different way of filmmaking that I was not expecting, but worked out really well.
Yeah. Like, I felt like even without getting to do a table read with you mm -hmm. and Catherine and Cole, like, you guys all, the second you were on set, it gelled, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> we were very lucky. Yeah. Um, but Diablo, whose real, whose real name is Brooke, and so if I ever mess that up, I am talking about her. <laughs> um, we would just talk about the common language that we had in movies that we loved and that this was a, a, a reverent love letter to, and um, we still do. I mean, I saw her this morning. I was saying she was yeah. saying hi to her. I know. I want to see her again. You'll yeah. see her soon. I mean, since seeing some of the interviews I've seen in the past, you were saying how you've written like multiple scripts, right? Oh, yeah. Because I think I saw like a Chelsea Handler interview where you were like, long, oh, yeah. that was a long time ago. Yeah. Too. And, and that was like 10, like seven to eight years ago or something. Yeah. And you were like, I, I wrote like 12 scripts, um, like, you know, just po whether it was green. No one's saying or, they're any good. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, no, stop No, but that's writing. still impressive because yeah. I write too, you know, and that's not, it's not easy to write. Well, it's a, for me, it is a form of meditation. I love having a practice of doing it. And I know for some people it's really painful writing. For mm. me, it's, I don't really have the pressure of expectation on the writing. I do think my next movie is one of my scripts. Um, it's shaping up right now. Otherwise I could talk about it. But I, I went into writing because I needed an outlet mm. for the things I was thinking. Um, after years of doing it, now it's just a thing I look forward to. Yeah. Um, so yes, there are many of them. Again, no one's saying they're good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I really enjoy it. Last thing I was going to talk about was also, you know, when I was looking through some of your father's work and stuff. Uh, your father is Robin Williams. and I had no idea. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, we, and we've talked about the first time we met too. This was like, when did we meet? Uh, you'd be well, anyways, the one thing I was gonna mention was like, I was looking at his filmography and like- I'm trying he, to think of when that was. Yeah, yeah, he, ha he hasn't directed stuff, he's written no. stuff. He's acted in plenty of movies, but he hasn't directed. Even writing, I mean, like he would write jokes, but he never wrote a script. Specials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think he ever had any interest in directing. I don't know if his uh, if his attention span would have suited it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, a lot of improv and stuff too. As it was, anyone who worked with him and was directed directing him knows it was a bit like trying to put a paper bag around a hurricane. Good luck. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one thing I found interesting though, because you come from you know obviously a background of film mm -hmm. with your father, but like this is something that he hasn't actually done. You yeah. know, and, and how was like they come to this very moment of you directing your feature, you know, from all the possible, you know, experiences and upbringing that you might have had has played any kind of role in this process? I mean, getting to be on sets at a young age was such a wonderful thing because I saw through the fantasy of film really young. And some people don't love that. In fact, I would love to have been able to see movies and the true escapism of being like, they are that character. I knew that was a guy in a costume. Mm -hmm. I knew my dad was Santa Claus before anyone, you know, one could tell you and ruin that fantasy. But that said, I'm so grateful for everything that was the learning experience going into this. Now, did it have to do with directing? Not really, but mm -hmm. it still was where that love came from. Yeah. So it certainly informs all of it. Acting though, acting informs directing in the same way, like you were talking about making projects. Yeah. You I, being an actress and being on these sets, you'll be, you'll do it with flying colors because all of these roles, everything you're doing informs you being better at the other ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And directors who have never acted, Sometimes they're the ones that I'm always looking at being like, you should go do a class because you'll better understand how to communicate with your actors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the more you can learn in this industry, 
from every perspective, the better. You'll treat everyone better for it. Your no. crew, your cast, everybody. 100%. Yeah, I'm going through a lot of the process of producing, directing, yeah. and writing as well. Um, well, and you know how you as an actor like to be treated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, so 100%, great. 100%. You already have that, which, by the way, some people don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm down to audition for Larry Frankenstein. You know what I mean? <laughs> the the spinoff joint. Um, <laughs> seeing Lisa Frankenstein, part of kind of like Diablo Cody's also kind of... Um, filmography over the stuff she's worked on and it's kind of impacted a younger generation right whether it's juno jennifer's body and now lisa frankenstein mm -hmm. what are some of the movies in that kind of genre coming of age um that have impacted you in the last like 10 20 years or so or <laughs> or it could even be super old <laughs> sorry that sounded so it can be super to... old oh, yeah, yeah sorry Thanks. i I can't speak to coming of age because I will say it's not a category I watch very often. Mm -hmm. But movies that I would love people that are trying to come into their exploration of movies, particularly camp and comedy, that I don't know if young people have seen as much. So, like, I had them watch Young Frankenstein. It was one of the things I asked them to watch because Mel Brooks means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And Same. especially Gene Wilder and Madeline Kahn, like, they are very, for me, this is kind of like an homage to the two of them. And a lot of the work that they did with Cole and Catherine as well as just very Madeline Kahn coded. I can't escape it. Um, Young Frankenstein. I also think Charlie Chaplin already gets a lot of love, but I wish more people would explore Buster Keaton. I love Buster Keaton. Yeah. I genuinely love that man. And the empathy that he was doing in silence yeah. is so beautiful. I love Charlie too, but Buster for me, there's this beautiful sad-eyed thing that he was, and he looked like such a good listener, yeah. which of course you're in a silent film, but. The original sad boy, you know. It worked so well. <laughs> um, and then the other one, which it's funny because someone tried to use this as an insult against the movie the other day on something. What was it on? Might have been Instagram mm -hmm. where they're like, well, your movie looks like it's just like Frankenhooker. And I was like, great. I love that movie. <laughs> I don't that's know if you've seen that one. Clever, I not, okay. That's not even a clever play on words, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but Frankenhooker is one of those movies that I think there are people who shit on because they now believe they have this oh, academic. Oh, I haven't even seen it. I haven't, uh, oh, it's a really? blast. I didn't even know that was a movie. I thought he was trying to flip that No, no, no. It's a real movie, and oh, okay. it's hilarious. <laughs> but like nowadays, too, it reminds me of like kids in um, if they go to film school. And for the first couple years, they'll start by saying like, I really like this like esoteric movie that no one's seen and I'm really special. It reminds me of like when they talk about hipsters being like, I know this band, but like you, you wouldn't have heard of them. These kinds of movies, people will count out because they're like, I don't know, it's not critically acclaimed or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. They're just as important to a knowledge of film. I think if anything, they're more important. I think schlock and wonderful weirdness and B-movies Watch everything. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And it's made it scarier to share your opinion now because yeah. you'll see like letterbox interviews and criterion closets and mm -hmm. you're like, damn, these these dudes are like intellectuals and so sophisticated <laughs> with their taste. Yeah. And, it's just Pokemon collecting. You will eventually come full circle and be like, my favorite movie is E.T. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, It yeah. does come back around. Can I honestly mm -hmm. say I got intimidated by that question because I feel like I have really bad taste in movies. There's and no such thing as bad taste in movies. A lot of people like to joke about that with me, though, because like they're like, for an actress, you watch nothing, which is also true. Because um, <laughs> like growing up, I never really had time to watch movies. I was always like outside yeah, you playing. You were working, too. And then when I started working, I had to watch Filipino films so mm -hmm. that I could understand the industry better, also learn Tagalog and um, just be better at acting. 
for a Filipino audience. So I didn't actually get to watch a lot of films from the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s. So like if you were to ask me what my favorite movie of all time, like the one that comes to the top of my mind is a movie called Movie 43. Oh, I know Movie uh-uh. 43. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've probably oh, watched no. it like 50 times. That is hilarious. Oh my I, I was that. not expecting that That's answer. That's out of left field. I love that. Yeah, that is... and then like my second favorite movie is Girl Interrupted and like they're not even in the same genre. It's yeah, that's like... true. Yeah, I don't know why, but Movie 43 really felt Filipino for some reason. I was like, really? okay. <laughs> <It> felt... <laughs> I, I was like, like that's a Filipino film if I ever saw one. Yeah, it, oh, it feels funny. like it was made by a Filipino filmmaker, but nobody <laughs> in the Philippines knows it. So whenever I talk about it, they were like, "You have no, you don't have good taste." I was in not, I was not movies. expecting. There's that. no such thing as bad taste. No, I genuinely hate it when people too. say that. I'm like, watch whatever you want to watch. Uh-huh. People Love have weird connections whatever. to certain films too. Yeah. Uh-huh. you know what I mean. It could be like something that yeah, you were you know I don't know like you were like four years old and you remember that film. Depth yeah. is subjective. Whatever's deep for you, that's all that matters. Yeah. Whatever there's, makes you happy. There's movies that I remember just growing up on that was always played on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I love the movie. I know? think that's how it was for me, too. Like, whatever I saw on TV and whatever was, like, replaying on HBO or Fox or whatever over and over again, that's just kind of what I grew up liking. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. When name on- one, though. You asked us. Name one. Yeah. Name one. I'm going to name one that's not, like, usually said in the best films list because you kind of mentioned that. Uh-huh. Um, I would say... Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I love that I movie. Love Charlie yeah, and the Gene yeah. Wilder is to me. The, I, like, the, but you know, people wouldn't say that as best film. But it's like the original is like mm-hmm. you know, there's so many quotables mm-hmm. in that shit. You also, know? he genuinely comes off like he's happy to murder those children, which he's I'm like, it's underestimated how he's not like a psychopath. Well. Yeah, it's, it's great. insane. Yeah. It's they insane. keep pretending that he was like a nice guy that ran chocolate. I was like, that man was so happy that these yeah. kids were dying. It's a horror film. It's wonderful. That's you know awesome. what's actually cool? Like watching it as a child and then re-watching it again as an adult and catching all of that and Ooh. realizing that it's all actually very sinister. Oh, the, the yeah. especially the bit in the tunnel yeah on the boat where he's like is it coming is it going which way is the river flowing and i'm like you are not yeah, well nah, i love it you and there's like it? snakes crawling on people it's great it, it just makes you hate kids makes you hate grandparents because they're all just laying in bed all day um it's, uh, yeah it's, grandpa was fine the second he won he was like Woo! yeah it's all equally you know these <laughs> kids are pieces of shit and grandparents are lazy no i'm kidding um but thank you so much for coming Thanks on the show thank you guys so much Thank Liza you. Soberano, Zelda Williams, Lisa Frankenstein comes out. February 9th. 9th. Sorry, I didn't realize I was like zoning out already. <laughs> February 9th. February 9th. Yes. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, trailer looks great, actually. Thank you. Thank you. I can that take no credit. Really you know that other people edit those. And then I f- went through that for the first time on this and was like, oh, shit. I, I always feel like getting lack the, of control already. The first cut of a movie or any kind of edit, I dread opening and watching it. Fair enough, yeah, because yeah. it's horrifying. Yeah, it's, it's like holding the baby before they've cleaned it off. You're yeah. like, oh my god, it's covered in goop. And you also know, as soon as you open it, you got a bunch of homework you got to do too. Oh yeah, you know that's what it is. I mean, I still look at the movie like that, but that's why I won't be watching it at the premiere because you're like, it's never done. <laughs> but you have to let go. Lisa Frankenstein, September 9th. Tune in next <laughs> February week. 9th. Oh, February. <laughs> what I say? September. <laughs> Wait, why, why the fuck did I say September? I don't know. That's, That's like crazy. a long time from oh, now. Oh, it's my mom's birthday. Also, you can watch it on September 9th with his mother, but it comes out February. Oh, wait, actually, September 9th is my mom's birthday. What the <laughs> hell? Damn it. Well, oh, not, my well, God. You should still watch it that with his mom because clearly. That was fucked up in so many ways right there. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, February 9th, Lisa yes. Frankenstein. <laughs> Tune in next week for another episode of Fun With Dumb. Peace. <laughs>